it comes to an awareness of in future seeing that there are four states there's i me my you i me my you if you were to imagine this in that it's let's say the i is the all thinking all all constant all conscious thought in the universe before anything happens so i can say for example i want to be a a, an aircraft a rocket ship pilot or a a stamp collector I, i i I can pull a thought from the atmosphere and express it and feel like I have some connection to it. This is no different than a religion saying God. Hmm. To say that I am connected to God. I, the I is the Godhead, the male aspect of the universe. And in, that's, in that way, we can hear ourselves being uh, singular and infinite. Every time we say the word I, we are connected to the God and to the godhead and that is in nature terms uh, above nature before nature became something that made nature and so we we have to be careful capping the concept of nature being a god and saying well something nature came from something and where it came from is nothing it's just the pure thought before nature happened and so that nature can be just called thought which is of course the infinite god or the ultimate thought bringing it down now into a more material level we say me and my i can have things and as soon as i have them they're mine my me my and that's also important because this is the concept of nature because nature is the realization of the thought so god and goddess or god masculine and feminine are really one string one piece of the same material one is at one side of it the other is halfway along it and therefore the feminine is not superior or inferior or the masculine is not so they are piece of the same material and so when i say me and my i've been able to materialize a sense of i so the sense of I is beyond and it will exist in death and it will exist in life. It is constant. It's unconditional love. It's the thought that's the thought that thinks before the thought thinks. But then we come into the material world. And in the material world, the world of reality, we have laws and principles in which the laws of nature, the universal laws, we have planets and stars and everything that's going on. We have thoughts and feelings and emotions. We have Uh, partners and family we have ups and downs we have moods that we give credit to which have no credit in other words we think that what we think has value and yet when when it comes to me and my they don't have value because the thoughts that we're thinking are just randomly pulled from the eye from the atmosphere so to to take air out of a balloon and end up and hold it in our hand and say look what i've got it's really not much material, not much value to you because it escapes and it's part of something that's huge. The balloon forms a skin between the outer atmosphere and the inner atmosphere of the balloon, but that's just a skin. It's, a, it's not mine yet. The balloon gives me a sense of it being mine. And so the moods and the feelings and the emotions and the beliefs and the thoughts that we have are kind of like wrapping a balloon around atmosphere. They're wrapping a balloon around thoughts. And if the whole universe is an atmosphere and we put that thought, we, we, we put some of that atmosphere inside a balloon and say, that's mine, I, then we've, 
we've compressed existence into this very perishable, very uh, burstable vulnerability. And we, we've lost connection to the bigger sense. And therefore, we say my mood, my emotions, my stories, my uh, feelings, uh, and, and everything that belongs to the rough and tumble of the machinations of our brain has defined us. It's, 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 we're walking around with a string and a balloon saying everything in that balloon is mine. And we've disconnected it in some way and said, well, I can think whatever I want because it's my frickin' balloon. And yet that frickin' balloon is only a rubber, little rubber shield between the atmosphere in the balloon and the atmosphere out of it. And yes, we do have the ability to squash and squeeze the balloon and move it all around, but it's not mine. When we take what's in that balloon and call it mine, we, we have, we're kind of like trying to say, I am God. I am the Godhead. I am the, uh, the, the creator of thought. My thoughts are more important than your thoughts. And we individualize. We get the ego going, which is the skin, which is the balloon itself, the rubber. The air inside the balloon is not the ego. The air inside the balloon is thought. And thought exists in and out. So the atmosphere inside and outside a balloon is very important to recognize. is not ours. The thoughts that we have are not uh, inside our balloon. As soon as we say, my thoughts, I think this, I believe that, I am this, I'm reacting this way, I'm sad, I'm happy. We are just taking a chunk, a small piece of the uh, universe, putting it inside something made of rubber called the ego, and saying, that's mine, that's me. And it's really important. And then we go, oh, hang on, everybody else doesn't think the same. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make everybody think the same as mine, my balloon. So my balloon feels more comfortable around your balloon. So this is not necessarily the best and the wisest way to exist on the planet. And therefore, we have it in a wealth. We have the understanding that there's I. This is this thought that we have. And we try to associate the I thought with the universal thought and say, Okay, my thoughts and the universal thoughts will be different because the universe is something far grander than me, but I know where my thoughts come from and I tap into that resource. Nothing comes from me, only through me. We also understand that the me and the my is really important because that starts to put into practice. Now, the, this is why it's so important. Inside, outside of the balloon, there is knowledge, infinite knowledge, vibration, energy, Inside the balloon is your knowledge. But the possession of knowledge, is, uh, uh, unless it's accompanied by a manifestation and an expression in action, is like storing up precious metal. Uh, it's a foolish thing. It's putting gold under your bed is, is maybe a, a great thing, but unless you spend it, it's still worthless. The law of use is universal. Energy must circulate to grow. Thoughts must form into material things to be of use. Storing up knowledge is just vain and foolish. So we bring things into nature as part of the process of the feminine principle of manifestation. Thought is in itself, the spirit is, is universal manifestation, creation, all things in action become nature. And in doing that, we force ourselves to understand that the thoughts we're having inside the balloon, thoughts outside the balloon, if they can't manifest into form, 
are useless. They are like water that doesn't circulate in a pond. They become stagnant. It's such a powerful belief. It's such a powerful awareness that our knowledge, if we can't live it, is just vain and foolish. Knowledge can be, even great knowledge can be foolish if there's no application of it. If there's no wisdom that comes from it. Inner wealth is not for the masses. But it's never intended to be a secret. Uh, my belief and the teachings of my work are that if I influence one person, that one person will influence a million. It's not for the purpose of keeping knowledge and the wisdom of celebrate the present. Think, act and behave for the future. It's not for the purpose of keeping that away from people that I only teach it in coaching. It's so that the people I teach it to can share it and live it and act it with those they work with. The other great belief in inner wealth is to change your mood or your mental state is to change your vibration, the fourth principle. We can change our mental vibrations by an, by an act of will, by deliberately focusing our attention on something that we think will cause us to vibrate, such as gratitude. Will directs the attitude and it directs our attention and that changes vibration. So by cultivating the art of being able to pay attention, such as it was originally intended with meditation, we were able to change our vibration. It wasn't for the purpose of dumbing us down or calming us down or flattening us out. It was to cultivate the process of attention so we could focus on the thing that we could attend uh, our attention to that would raise our vibration and therefore master our moods. To destroy an undesirable rate of mental vibration. In other words, to destroy an act in ourselves of polarity, where we're going to go to the high road and cause ourselves to take the low road and drop down the pyramid, down to got to or should. To kill an undesirable mood by changing our polarity is a massive, massive step forward in self-mastery and shouldn't be underestimated although it does become automated once you've been in the inner wealth process for a while. It's really important because if, if we give power to our mood we live for the present. It's like saying I'm hungry therefore I eat. No, we don't have to be hungry to eat, we can eat to nourish ourselves which will produce ourselves tomorrow as we wish. We don't have to be hungry or thirsty to drink. We can drink today what will nourish ourselves for tomorrow. But our moods will disrupt this process.
I'm in a good mood. I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a happy mood. I'm in a sad mood. These moods are childish. Therefore, the mass, people value them, believe they're to be true, believe them to be unchangeable. It's only because they don't have the strength of will to see what is raising their mood and kill it off before it causes them to lower their mood. Events of the past are events until we cause them otherwise. So we are able to transmute polarity. We are able to reverse the process of causing ourselves moods that are unsatisfactory by not living for the day where our mood is already existing. We can commiserate the fact that we don't feel fantastic today and say, I'm not in a good mood. This, if we react to this and act in accordance with not being in a good mood, tomorrow we will also not be in a good mood. If we say I'm not in a good mood, but my actions and my thoughts and my expression today, my behavior, will be to cause my tomorrow, we can transmute the idea of being in polarity. And then we can sweep away the darkness. Moving from the dark to the light is not a matter of going from the left to the right on one piece of string. It's a matter of raising up our vibration by changing our behavior from polarity, negative, positive, negative, positive, to a focus on something more important than ourselves. And this is where the I, me, my, you becomes important because the I, me, my, we talked about earlier, can only raise us up to the level of want to, as um, Maslow talked about, self-actualization, the highest level we can achieve is a want-to level. It's four to one, the human heart. But we're still focused on ourselves, aren't we? I want, I need, I want, I need, I want, I need, I want, I need. And this focus on ourselves is very important. But to transcend that, to transmute that, to start manifesting things on a higher plane, we must go to you. What do you want? How can I satisfy you? Because once we flip into that, we start to flip into selling and delivering and service. We start to flip into uh, causing behavioral change in other people. We start to realize that we, we, our behavior at any level higher than want to is a, 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 a magnet, is a, is a vibration change in ourselves, which by necessity causes vibration change in others. And that causes them to want our delivery, to want our service, to want our product, to want us, to want whatever we make. And it becomes what's called sales, but it's really in its authentic originality, it's the transference of a vibration. And to get to that place by bypassing the I and the me and the my is manipulation, it's trickery, and it will be sniffed especially in this modern era, in the current time, where we're very conscious of the fact that, a, that sound can go through a mobile phone from at 100 kilometers per hour in one car to another car at 100 kilometers per hour on two sides of the planet, and we don't blink at the possibilities. But then we go, there's a vibration in my mind, and I'm going at 100 kilometers per hour on this side of the planet. Does the vibration in my mind land in the mind of another person in a car on the other side of the planet, just like a mobile phone? Of course it will. Of course it will, as long as our vibration is strong enough and our focus is clear enough and the other person is on our speed dial.
People are in a succession of moods and feelings and emotions that drive their vibration up and down so their mobile phone doesn't even stay in tune, doesn't stay on station. They drop out. By learning not to drop out means to overcome the operation of rhythm, overcome the operation of polarity by not going into the positive pole which causes the negative, by not going into one side that causes the other, by rising above that and saying you. The greatest polarity, the greatest pole that we can rise to in inner wealth is the I am. It's beyond personality. I am I. And refusing and denying the operation of rhythm raises ourselves above the plane. By an act of will, we say, I am, and leave it. We have no opinions. They're all polarity. We have no moods. They're all polarity. We have no stories. They're all polarity. We have no past. It's all just events. And we arrive in this moment able to choose what we focus our attention on to cause our vibration, which will in turn materialize the response, the reaction, and the uh, commitment of others to the vibration. It's our mobile phone system, the cosmic Wi-Fi. We can't destroy the principle of rhythm. We can't destroy the principle of polarity. But if we buy into it, we are part of it. It causes an effect. If we celebrate the uppers, we must commiserate the downers. If we take credit for what happens, we must also take blame. The law of balance and counterbalance are in operation whether we like it or not. Whether we subscribe to these laws, it depends on which part of the pyramid we decide to hang out at. Past, present, future. Nothing escapes the principle of cause and effect. But there are many planes of causation. And one of the many laws of the universe is that the higher that we go in vibration, the more we manifest. The more often we say you and consider our behavior and consider our thoughts in the future of you, the more likely we are to manifest the things that we say we want. So rising above the influence of these causes is a mission. We dominate our mood. We dominate our emotions. We dominate our impulses. We dominate our feelings with by substituting for them, acknowledging that we can't go without them, we substitute those random, randomly selected uh, responses to cause and effect, the count, balance and counterbalance, the polarity, the rhythm of a big high upper causes a big low downer. We bypass all that and we say, I will choose the feelings, the moods, the emotions that I have in order to sustain the highest possible vibration because that is the best vibration that I can generate for you. For you, my client. For you, my customer. For you, my partner. For you, my children. For you. It isn't the most pleasurable for me. If I was to say what is the most uh, pleasurable vibration, it would be the lowest one. The one with the highest high, the biggest big. 
the largest champagne, the biggest fantasy. That is, for me, the highest high. Well, it also has its reaction, doesn't it? By the law of polarity and the law of uh, rhythm, it was also have its counterbalance and counter-effect. And I question whether I, it is in the interest of me, me and my life to subscribe to that I, my, me, to subscribe to that mouse in a mouse wheel or rise above it and add the word you. What is the best vibration I can deliver to you? What's the best vibration I can deliver you to cause you to want my services? To cause you to move to a place? And rather than trying to fix you, I fix me. I operate at the place I want you to arrive at. The principle of the use of cause and effect is so important. Instead of being used by it, if you live for today and you go and you become a victim of your emotions and your moods and, and uh, feelings and all these things that are happening today, which is too late to change them because they're all yesterday's result. I act today to cause tomorrow's vibration. Now I'm playing with the law of cause and effect rather than being played by it. So the wise people serve on a higher but understand the operation of the lower. They understand that all these laws of the universe, of future seeing, come from above them. And they understand the people below them, of which they're the majority, will operate on the lower laws. They will be at the mercy of cause and effect at the mercy of the law of rhythm, at the mercy of law of vibration. And there's nothing we can do to change that apart from operating ourselves at a higher vibration than they do. In other words, not reacting. We are not blind slaves. We are skilled swimmers. And we can swim this way and that way through the waves. We are not ordinary. But we still swim in an ocean. A wise person and a fool are subject to the same water, the same laws. But the wise person uses the laws for their benefit and the fool is used by the laws. The true art of transformation in life is a mental art. It's a state of mentality. And so we use all the phenomena of the universe to understand what the human mind can and can't do, to raise our vibration, to go, I, me, my, you, I, me, my, you, I, me, my, you, and in, and in turn motivate ourselves to operate beyond what could be called the most uh, ingratiating state of bliss, the most gratiating state of pleasure, which will, by the law of rhythm, have its polarity, we rise above that to a sense of purpose, to a sense of you. The all is mind. The universe is a mental plane. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.